Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and we will be previewing the weekend's action where we'll be looking at some of the main ITV races at Haydock and Ascot. Before we get into that, let's see how our panel are. This week I am joined by Liz Batchelor and Katie Midwinter. We'll come to you here first, Liz. Um, Not been on the podcast for a little while. How are things and did you enjoy our visit to Cheltenham last week? I haven't been here for a little while, actually. I was looking back, at the yeah, last time in middle of October, I think, so I've missed a few, um, so apologies for that. Uh, but yes, we met up on Saturday at Cheltenham, which was uh, good fun. Uh, not many winners for me, um, but I know Izzy and Katie did fairly well. Uh, but yeah, had yeah, good time. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, it's definitely good, especially Mark as well, uh, buying the champagne for us all and it, yeah, it, was, it was a lovely day at the races um, and how about you Katie it was great to see you um, at the weekend but Annual Invictus one that got away yeah I tipped him up didn't I last Thursday but, but I didn't back him I deserted him on Saturday um, which was a bit silly of me but no it was a great day sun was shining decent cards amazing atmosphere there so it was great to be back at Cheltenham and, and great to be with you guys yeah, definitely was, and hopefully we'll have another social uh, on the card soon. So let's get into it then. We're going to be, like I say, looking at some of the main races this weekend from Haydock and Ascot. It's actually Haydock's feature jumps weekend. We've got the Betfair chase, but we'll get into that in the moment. The first race, though, we are going to look at is at Haydock, and it is... The 150 is to get daily rewards with Betfair Graduation Chase, a race last year won by Brave Man's Game. And your current favourite is Hitman at 4 to 7, Manella Drama at 5 to 1, Earn River for Nick Kent at 6 to 1, and Itchy Feet again is uh, coming back here. Um, where he finished second in this race last year, but is the same price as Earn River at 6 to 1. Uh, Hitman, we should say before hand over, does have uh, another entry at Ascot this weekend, but the Ben does suggest he's coming here because Harry Cobden is booked. Come to you here first, Liz. Hitman, he's a horse that seems to run well quite often, but he doesn't seem to get his head in front. Do we think if he turns up here, this is going to be his day? Yeah, I think so. Um, this is a field of eight, so unless any pull, anyone pulls out, you suppose you could find some each way value. But I am siding with Hitman, like you say, he's four to seven. Um, but he is a horse who needs to get his head in front. His last five runs, he's hit the crossbar with four seconds and and a third, um, and obviously running in, in some some of those are Grade Ones. The last time being at Aintree, where he got done on the line by Riders on the Storm in the Old Rowan. He's had another wind up in the summer, which obviously suggests that he's got some breathing issues. Uh, but hopefully with that second, it should come up nicely for this. The step up to two mile five should suit. Despite his second, he did stay on over the two mile four last time. And he is only six, so still a baby really. Um, but be good to see him land a race because it has been a while. Yeah, definitely has been frustrating for Hitman backers. I actually fancied him last time out Aintree. Didn't think he was maybe given the best of rides that day, but here he should be returning back to winning ways. He's £10 clear on official ratings compared to Itchy Feet. They're all racing off 11 stone 11, all off the same weight. And yeah, I think uh, he's probably one maybe to put in the multis if you fancy uh, a few uh, in a, in an ACA this weekend or something. Um, how about you though, uh, Katie? Who did you like in this one? Hitman, we all in agreement? I'm actually going to take him on. 
I mean, as you were saying, second in the last few races, finished behind Fakir Dairy at Aintree in the Marsh Chase, then behind Riders on the Storm, as Liz was saying. Beat Gar Law there, giving £17 away, which is, is good form. But he often bumps into other good horses, and despite running consistently well, he struggles to get his head in front, as you were saying. And I'm just, I'm going to oppose him, and I'm going to go for Itchy Feet. I think he's the value in the field at around 6-1. to one. He's run fairly well fresh in the past. Uh, last year on his reappearance, he finished second to All Mankind in a quality renewal of the old Roan. He was then second to Brayman's Game, less than three lengths behind um, fourth in the Fleur de Lee, but again, wasn't disgraced. Finished second behind two for Gold, Dashel Drasha and Bristol de Mai. I think he has pretty good form. He stays well, which is a big factor for me. This could turn into a bit of a slog, and I think he'll be able to cope with it. He has been pulled up in his last two runs, but he had an injury at Kelso and perhaps just didn't stay in a tough Betway Bowl race um, after that. So I'd be inclined to forgive him those runs and just take offence at him here. He did have wind surgery in the summer. He might improve for this, but I'd say he's a decent bet, although Hitman is probably the one that could show the most progression and appears the one to beat. Um, uh, I'm going to take a chance on Itchy Feet. Okay, so Katie likes the outsider of the field, Itchy Feet. Also as well, like you could maybe play him in the without markets. Not sure what price he is, I haven't got that in front of my screen. But yeah, Itchy Feet, if he bounces back to his best form, he can be a real player here. So two votes it is for Hitman, for me and Liz, and Katie quite likes the chances of Itchy Feet to uh, cause an upset. Okay, the next race we're going to look at is 225 at Haydock. If the Betfair Exchange stairs handicap hurdle, and this looks a very competitive renewal. We've got Mai Tai for Harry Fry disputing favouritism with the Charles Burns runner run for Oscar. We then got Good Risk at all at sevens, Complete Unknown at nines, Get a Tonic at nines, We'll Call at twelve, Botox has at fourteens, bigger are the rest. Uh come to you here first, Katie. Uh looks like there's quite a few in here you could give a chance to. Is there one uh, that caught your attention? Yeah, for this kind of race, it looks a really competitive um, handicap. You know, 92 the field, plenty of each way value going to be in there. There are two that I'm quite interested in. I think Complete Unknown could be interesting for Paul Nichols. He's a six-year-old that has been running in Novice Company. It's the first time out this season. Harry Cobden on board. He's a jockey in incredible form at the moment, recording a 46% strike rate in the past two weeks. Uh, the horse finished second to Marla Mission when last seen in April. Dan Skelton's mate. Galia de Latou in third. I was at Bangor last week when she bolted up in a mare's listed novice chase. She looked well, put in a really impressive performance. And, and I think she could be one to watch in the future. So I think that's pretty good form line. It was also uh, over three miles. He's proven he stays the trip uh, complete and, um, and he's coped well with soft ground in the past so I think there's plenty in his favour and I'd be disappointed if he couldn't be competitive the other one that I quite like is Brinkley third over a trip to shy of three miles on heavy ground at Chepstow when last seen in February he wasn't at his best but he did give plenty of weight away to the two that finished in front of him and he's four pounds lower here he's run twice on heavy ground including at Exeter at the beginning of last year where he beat the field that included does he know so he could be a decent each way bet at 14 to 1 
Okay, two there from Casey. Likes complete unknown. Yeah, he won that EBF final at Sandown, and that's a that's a race that often produces quite a lot of good horses, and there could be a lot more to come from him and Brinkley as well in the Brocade Racing Colours. David Pipe, I think he's uh, done quite well with a few horses in this race over the years. Goes well fresh. Could be a bit more to come. Only a seven-year-old. Yeah, why not? He can maybe run a nice race at a big uh, each-way price. How about you, though, Liz? Uh, is there one that you liked at a big price as well? Uh, yeah, medium price. Um, but my initial reaction was to go with good risk at all. At all. But I'm not uh, I'm not really convinced that he's going to get the distance. Um, I mean, three miles is long. And some are pulled up in this distance when they've had a go. And some are trying this for the first time, which could be a bit daunting. But I'm pulling out um, one who's proven to like this distance. And that is Wakul. Um, last seen at the end of October, winning by one and three quarter lengths at Carlisle, where he won easily over three mile and a half furlong. Uh, granted, he probably wasn't against anything special, um, but I did like the way that he pulled away. He's gone up nine pounds for that win, but I think he should continue um, with his progress. Okay, um, Liz Dan likes the Scottish Raider. Well, cool for Nick Alexander, a very consistent horse, and who knows, only six year old could be a lot more left in the tank. Uh, I looked at this race like you, Liz. I quite like the chances on first glance of good risk at all, but I just wasn't sure if he would stay. And the one that I've come down on, and I think has actually got a really good chance is uh, Dan Skelton's Get-A-Tonic. Uh, Mare here taking on the boys. I always find that an interesting angle. Dan Skelton as well can be very good with his mares. Ollie, Molly's Ollie's Wishes is one that springs to mind. And the other one is Roxana, who actually won the Mare Turtle at the Cheltenham Festival. And then she progressed uh, into a really good stay and was able to compete at the highest level against the likes of Paisley Park, Time Hill. Um, a very good stay. And this Get-A-Tonic, if you look at some of her form from last season, I think she could be absolutely thrown in here off a mark of 133. Probably the most eye-catching piece of form is her second uh, behind Marie's Rock, where she was only three lengths. Uh, she ran behind Hillcrest, who was a horse that uh, a lot of big things were expected of last year. I think that's pretty good form. She doesn't seem to mind uh, deep ground. Um, she stays well. Um, off a mark of 133 here, I think there could be a lot more to come. She's only a six-year-old, getting quite a nice bit of weight from some of her rivals. I think she could be a mare going places this season. And it's interesting, Dan Skelton as well has, has decided to come here. I'm sure they could have found a, a mare's race for her. Uh, but uh, yeah, get a tonic. They're, they're definitely throwing her here, in here in a deep race. But I think uh, around about 9 to 1, I think she's a, a bit of a big price there. And uh, yeah, she's my selection in the race. One of my stronger fancies of the weekend. Okay, we then move to the 3 o'clock. Uh, it's the feature race. Uh, on the card, it's the Betfair Chase, uh, Grade 1. Uh, Plutar is looking to make it back-to-back -back wins in this race. Cheltenham Gold Cup winner, he's 8-13, to odds on. We then got Protectorat, who gave him a, a good run uh, in the Cheltenham Gold Cup last year to make the frame at threes. We then got Bristol to Mai, this is his stomping ground at 15-2. Eldorado Allen, I thought, looks a big price, 25-1, to uh, with a promising uh, second-place effort behind Brave Man's Game in the Charlie Hill. And then we've got Frodon, who is the outside of the field at 33s coming here after winning the Badger Beers at Wynn Canton. I'll come to you here first, Liz. A Plutard, he's 8 to 13 on. Do we just think he's going to win this? Yeah, I'm not sh too sure what else I can say apart from a Plutard. Uh, only five in this, which is disappointing. 
Um, El Dorado Allen and Frodon being the only ones out so far this season. Obviously, Frodon won in that Grade 3 Badger Beer two weeks ago, and El Dorado Allen coming second in the Grade 2 Charlie Hall. Uh, Protectorat came third to a Pluto on the Gold Cup last March, but by 17 and a half lengths. And unless a Pluto doesn't put in a clear round of jumping, then I don't think he's going to flip that form around. Uh, we've obviously got the usual front runner, popular Grey Bristol Demo, won it in 2020, but pulled up in this last year. Um, but a Plutard all over for me. Maybe for betting value, take a look at how many lengths he's going to win by. Um, but yeah, uh, all day. Okay, a Plutard it is for Liz. How about you, Katie? We in agreement? A Plutard with Liz? Well, yeah, a Plutard is a strong favourite. It's easy to see why. I can't see him being beaten, but I'm going to give a positive mention to a horse I absolutely love in Bristol the Mai. He's one of my favourite horses in training. He's a legend, and and this is his trap. He loves it around here. The more rain, the better. It looks as though there'll be plenty of rainfall tomorrow, and the ground is already described as soft, so it could be perfect for him uh, come Saturday. He couldn't quite stay on carrying top weight in the Grand National Trial here in February, but he did put in a gallant effort and showed he still has plenty of ability. I'd love to see him win, and you know, whilst it'll be near impossible task for him to beat Abdullah. If Afritad is on his game, Bristol has that special something about him that I just I'd have to have this bit of belief that he could pull it off if everything goes his way. Um, I'm sure Haydock would erupt if he could do it. Other prices, I think he is a decent each way bet regardless. Um, uh, I'd be hoping he could at least be the one to chase Afritad home. Um, so with my heart, I'm going to say uh, Bristol the mic for me. Okay, Bristol the my maybe uh, to look in the without markets then. For Katie, the one I, I'm I'm going to put up maybe to have a look at in the without market is El Dorado Allen. I thought he actually ran a, a really promising race last time out, despite uh, looking like he was going to fall out the back of the ta- telly. He ran on really strongly. I think he's still unexposed over this trip. And the thing that I think could suit him here is, is the small field. He's actually got quite a good record in small fields. And if there is anything that is going to get a Plutarby, I just wonder if it could be the small field. I thought it was a weaker rendition of the race last year. I think this looks a bit stronger. I don't think he's no uh, no gimme here for Plutard. Yeah, if he's 90% of the horse uh, that we know he's capable of, he should win this. But I don't know, I just feel like there, there could be a fly in the ointment and maybe that could be Eldorado Allen. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating race tactically. And yeah, it, there could be maybe a surprise. But yeah, let's see what happens on Saturday afternoon. So that is our reports um, then on the feature Betfair Chase. We now move on to the 335 for a slog on the last race on the card. Um, it is the best odds on Betfair Exchange handicap chase over three miles and one and a half furlongs. Houston, Texas is your favourite here for Nicky Richards at four to one. We've then got Venetia's Fontaine Collange at six, Lord de Manil at sixes, a Musical Slave at sevens, Good Boy Bobby at eight, Truckers Lodge at eight. Bigger are the rest. Uh, Katie, you can have first say on this race. I thought this was uh, one of the more trickier races we were looking at. Uh, uh, on the podcast this week um, were you of a similar opinion or do you really like one in here no I agree I think it does look quite a tricky race I liked Lord de Menil and thought he was overpriced when he finished second at 30 feet to 1 in Bangor last week 
He's gone up a pound for that, but I'm not sure I'd want to back him at his current price. He's around six to one. He'd be more of an each-way player for me, and I think he's slightly short given that this is a more competitive race. The stable form puts me off Musical Slave. Philip Hobbs' horses are being well beaten at the moment, and a couple of short-priced horses he's had running have been massively disappointing too. I think Trucker's Lodge is quite interesting with Freddie Gingell taking £10 off. I think the weight off his back could make all the difference if it does turn into a real slog. He's a strong stayer and usually runs well in softer conditions, so I don't think he'd have too many excuses. If he can jump fluently, I think he could be in contention later on. Yeah, Trucker's Lodge was my angle into the race. That £10 of Freddie Gingell, uh, nephew of Joe Tizard, uh, who's now, I believe, the official conditional jockey to Paul Nichols' stable. Very eye-catching uh, jockey book in there. Um, I've seen him ride a few times, and I think he's a, a lad that's got a big future. And like you say, Kate, he's got the proven stamina, won a Midlands National, came second, I believe, in a, in a Welsh National. So if this turns into a real staying test, off a mark of one four five of ten pounds or taken off. Uh, I think I think he's a really big player here if he's uh, wound up and ready to go. Uh, how about you though, Liz? Did you have a, a particularly strong fancy in this race? I don't have a strong fancy in this, but um, I actually do like. I know Katie's spoken about him, but Lord of Anil, um and as Katie said, a very good second at thirty three to one in October at Banger, um, and they took him to France in the spring um, where he didn't have overly too much success he hasn't scored a win since february 21 um but he's won here before the ground should be okay he prefers it on the softer side um and he has won off a mark of 159 and now he's 146 so it'd be no surprise to to see him take this but yeah i, I i'm not that's not a strong fancy but if i was going to back one that's who i thought okay lord Menil then for Liz uh, in the last race we're looking at at Haydock. We're now going to move on to three of the main races on ITV at Ascot. The first one we're going to look at is a 2.05. It's the Chanel Farmer 1965 Chase, a Grade 2 contest. And this is where we're going to be seeing the return of Lom Press for Charlie Deutsch and Venetia Williams at 4.7. We then got Hitman, who we think is unlikely to run here at 11 4. St. Calvados is next in in the colours of uh, David Maxwell at uh, 17 2. Do Your Job at 20 1. And Cool Cody is turned out quickly again. He is the outsider at 40 to 1. Um, I'll come to you here first, Liz. Lon Press, uh, Hitman on paper looks like his biggest danger. We don't think he's going to turn up. Do we expect him to make a winning seasonal reappearance? Uh, yeah, I do. And I know it's boring we're keeping him with the favourites, but when you can't find kind of, there's not a lot of value elsewhere because it's a small field, it's tricky. Um, obviously, it's likely that Hitman's going to go back to go and run at Haydock, um, who's, yeah, who's been declared for this too but it reduces the field size to four um which is poor um so it is long press as my selection although venetia hasn't had a, a winner for a while she's zero from 23 um but we know that she kind of uh makes an appearance later on in the season and when the rain comes um so hopefully there's been enough rain this week um, but Long Press is a classy horse, obviously winning the Browns Advisory, Novice Chase at Cheltenham Festival. Uh, didn't end the season on a complete high, came third at Aintree in the Mar of May. Um, but he's ran eight times in the UK, winning six. He jumps beautif 
differently and I think this is definitely his for the taking. Yes, yeah, certainly is. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he's an interesting horse this season for Venetia. That is maybe a concern that uh, she's not had a winner, but normally when she gets the first one on the board, they all start coming in and she's got a few live chances this weekend. And with the ground maybe in, uh, in favour of some of her horses, I'm sure it's only a matter of time before we see Venetia Williams in the winner's enclosure. Do we think, Katie, that Long Press is going to uh, give Venetia a, a winner here? Yeah, I think he should do. Uh, he goes well fresh, class of the fields. He'll like the softer ground. I think it should be quite straightforward for him. Um, I'm excited about him this season. At Cheltenham, when he ran in the Brown Advisory conditions with Dyer, the weather was absolutely horrendous. And he seemed to enjoy that. His jumping is usually clean. And I'd hope he will have improved a bit with age too. I saw that Do Your Job is declared at Ascot tomorrow in the 205. I think he's the favourite there, so he could go there. I don't know if he'll turn up on Saturday as well. And as we said, Hitman's first preference is, is Haydock on Saturday. So the race could really cut up. And there doesn't appear to be a horse in there that, that can beat the favourite long per se. Uh, the only concern I'd have is the stable form, as Liz touched on. Most of Anisha Williams horses have been well beaten in recent weeks and, and some of the runners have really underperformed but I think Von Bresse should be talented enough to provide the yard with a much needed winner. Yeah, so all in agreement then. Lon Presse, it's his to lose, and yeah, we think uh, he's going to get Venetia back in the winner's enclosure. We then move on to the 240, uh, where we've got another odds on favourite here. Coral, it's the Coral Hurdle, registered as the Ascot Hurdle, a grade two contest, and this is where we're going to see the return of Constitution Hill. He's currently two to seven. We've then got Bruin Upper Storm at 11 to two. Goshen at nines for pleasure at sixty six and Utrid at one hundred to one. Uh, Constitution Hill, uh, Katie. Um, do we think he's just uh, going to be continuing his uh, winning sequence here, and it's a good bit of placing by Nicky Henderson, or do we think there could be a fly in the ointment? I don't think so. I think Constitution Hill should be winning this, but although it's a small field, I think it should be a really interesting race. Uh, you've got Pruin up a storm. He's becoming a really frustrating horse to follow. He's been quite unreliable in the past year or so. And I don't think I'll be backing him anytime soon because he has a tendency to make mistakes or sometimes he, he just doesn't seem to fancy jumping the hurdles. And Goshen is the same. At his best, he's shaped as though he could be a special talent, but he doesn't show it often enough. For pleasure, is a bit of a live wire too. Uh, so... I think it'll be an interesting watch to see how those three perform on the day before mentioning the star attraction that is Constitution Hill. He appears to be completely different to the other three. He's looked straightforward and completely professional. Uh, I'd love to see him put in a really great performance here. I think he should be able to beat this field with ease. Goshen would be the biggest danger in my eyes if he ran to the best of his ability, but he's usually quite keen. And I think he could be lit up by for pleasure early on. And, you know, he could empty in the closing stages because of that. Um, I think Constitution Hill just needs to run his own race, stay out of trouble, and it should be a comfortable win for him. Yeah, and a complete agreement with what you just say there. I think away from him, if you wanted to have maybe a bet without market, it looks a pretty trappy affair. And you're not really getting a horse that's consistent and it looks maybe nailed on to finish second. And... To be honest with you, I think Constitution Hill could, there's a case for him to be even shorter than the price he is now, than two to seven. Uh, Constitution Hill is, keep it short, does he Does he win this? 
<laughs> yeah, he does. I'll sit back and enjoy the show, I think it is. Um, I don't know what else I can say. But uh, yeah, 22 lengths, he won that champion. Uh, he won the uh, Supreme um, in front of John Bomb. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe Dysart Dynamo stay on his feet to see what would have happened, but I don't think he was gonna he was gonna beat him even if he did. But uh, yeah, Constitution Hill all day. Yeah, maybe one if you want to have a bet, you don't have to bet in every race. Maybe the distance market could be the way to go here. And yeah, I just can't believe he's even two to seven. I think he probably should be about one to six, one to seven, or not. Really can't see anything. Uh, getting in his way here so yeah constitution here we think is going to make a winning return we've actually got a bit more of a competitive race now to talk about uh which is uh the last race we're going to be looking at ascot it's the 315 it's the jim barry Wineshurst park handicap chase and edward stone the arca winner is your favorite three to one we've then got boot hill at nine to two we've then got the irish raider for emmett mullen so scottish at 11 to two along with time white at the same price Ferrero Bamboo at 17 to 2, third time lucky at 12s, bigger are the rest. Liz, I come to you here first. Uh, Edward Stone um, on form should be a class above these, but it could be a difficult ask carrying 12 stone. Do we think uh, he he's going to come back with a bang? Oh, well, I was torn here between, I mean, he was brilliant last season, Edward Stone, and Time White. Um, and I have decided to side with Time White, um, because based purely on the fact, as we said, he is top weight, but also Edward Stone. And also, um, he doesn't have the best first time out record either. Um, so that is part of my reasoning for that. But um Time White has had a run, which he which he won uh, a Grade Three chase over two mile one, which he won well by four and three quarter lengths. Ferrero Bamboo coming in second, who obviously all also runs in this race. Um, my only concern is that he can make mistakes, which could cost him. Um, as I said, he won very easily last time. He jumped out to the left on the last fence, um, but Lorcan Williams, who rides him again, pushed the button and he and he took off. He went. Um, he's been raised seven pounds for that, um, but Paul Nichols Yard is on a strike rate of thirty-six percent. The ground and distance will be fine. Um, yeah, he should be thereabouts for me. Okay, time might it could be then for Liz. How about you, Katie? Who did you like in the three fifteen at Ascot? It's not a race that I had a huge fancy in. Um, Edward Stone has to give plenty of weight away. But only last Sunday we saw two high-class performances by both Does He Know and I Like To Move It, respectively carrying top weight to victory up that hill at Cheltenham. Edward Stone is well clear of his rivals here and he'll be expected to win. I was quite taken by Time White last time out and I think he has to be respected, but he is £10 higher here. I looked at the others in the field. There isn't a horse that I really fancy against the favourite. So if I had to choose, I would stick with Edward Stone. Uh, I think he's a good jumper. He has the speed over this trip. The way that he won the article was hugely impressive, where he beat a decent field. Gabby Nacro, who is sadly no longer with us, but was a really talented horse. Lou Lord was behind there too. We saw winning a grade two at Donhall today, beating last year's King George winner to Nada Flyer. And I think Edward Stone was beaten by a pretty good horse in uh, Gentleman Demi at Aintree when he was last seen. So he deserves to be favourite. He's the one to beat. And I don't think any of the others are going to be good enough if he's able to carry that weight effectively. And three to one could turn out to be a really good price for him. So 
if I had to pick, I would uh, I'd stick with Edgerstone a favourite here. Yeah, that was the way I was kind of coming into this race. So I just think Edward Stone is a, is a class above these. I didn't think there was too many in here that were particularly well handicapped or were ahead of their mark. I thought maybe Ferraro Bamboo might come on for his run last time out behind Time White. Obviously, seven pounds better off. And if Venetia's horses started to hit form, then I thought he could be a player. But I just wonder if he's a horse that... It seems to thrive when we get into the real uh, deep of winter and yeah we'll, we get the the te- more testing ground i just think maybe he might finish second or third again so i am more, more leaning towards edward stone okay so that is uh all the races we've covered uh this week on the podcast from itv now part of the podcast where we have some other fancies and i'm the only one that does have any other fancies um one that i think uh you should be keeping an eye out for is actually in the bumper in the last race for um for paul nichols paul nichols uh tends to target uh some of these ascot bumpers at this uh, time of year i wonder if this could be a, a warm-up race for potentially another engagement here where they have a listed bumper uh at the christmas meeting just before christmas for him to come back uh got a really interesting pedigree by Fleming's Firth, and if you actually look at the dam side, uh, the dam's produced Melody, good mare for Henry de Bromhead, Glenn Zvantrum as well, looks a, a promising horse for uh, for William Mullins. I just thought there was quite a lot to like about his pedigree, and it's interesting as well, the McNeil family are sharing this uh, with, with an owner that I've, I'm not, I've not heard of before. So, yeah, I just thought that he was a, an interesting horse. Probably it's going to go off towards the top of the market, but I thought he was a horse to definitely uh, keep an eye on, and uh, yeah, I think he might be able to make a, a winning start here. So yeah, that was my uh, other horse to look out for this weekend. So uh, thanks again to Liz and Katie for uh, giving up their time. Hopefully we found you some winners this week. Uh, if you haven't done so already, remember to follow us on all the socials. We're available on Twitter and Instagram at In the Saddle Podcast. Also as well, um, please remember to gamble responsibly if. If you are having a bet this weekend, subscribe to all our podcast platforms and we'll be seeing you again soon.